0: You're listening to the Rise Up Revolution, where we take on the big topics, have raw, unfiltered conversations, and confront taboo to awaken women to their true power and potential. Get ready to break the mold, break the rules, and break through everything that's holding you back. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Don Michaela and Katie Park.
1: everybody. Welcome to the Rise Up Revolution. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm Don Michaela, and I am here today with my best friend, the amazing, beautiful, intuitive painting guru, Miss Katie Park. And, you know, I'm just going to jump right in here with the big question that we're taking on and tackling today, because when we're going through life and we hit these just massive walls of resistance and fear and shame, and just everything seems to start crumbling around us, what is really going on there? Okay. Because this is something that, you know, you and I Katie run into a lot on our own journeys. I mean, um, and that still come up for us all the time. And, you know, we've spent countless hours, you know, working through these and, you know, talking through these and that's allowed us to, you know, break through and grow and step into these whole new concepts of ourselves. Um, which, you know, now that we're further along in this journey, we're now reaching back and teaching other women how to start this journey for themselves. Um, because this kind of thing we're going to talk about today, no one else is really talking about this. Okay. These conversations aren't happening on a large scale. So, you know, our aim is to start shedding some light on this and start bringing these discussions around what's really going on when we get stuck in and almost addicted to these destructive cycles and how do you get out? start bringing those conversations out of the dark. So, um, Katie, you want to jump in and just, you know, take it away.
0: Well, I mean, I want to, I definitely want to be clear that both of us are coming at this from an authentic, holistic experience. We're going through this because we're experiencing this. Neither one of us are addiction coaches in that realm, you know? So I, this is a different kind of addiction we're talking about. This is when we're talking about root root experiences, where is it really rooting down? Where is the real beginning of this stuff? I think that that's where we're trying to point some awareness towards this this subject. Yeah. And I think for both of us, as we're working through our story, The story that we're living every day, the story that we're continuing to try to create, our ideal world, our ideal universe, everything we want to manifest under the sun for ourselves, for those we love, for the world we love, we come up against some massive resistance. And it's like, what is fueling this? Because my heart is there. My drive is there. I want this. Yet then all of a sudden I'll get turned around. All the work I've done feels like it was for naught. And I I end up meeting myself there. I mean, there's a a million other vehicles that I take to that point of destination. But realistically, who's there waiting for me every time at the bottom of the pit? It's me, right? It's me that's telling the story. It's me that is the voice in my head, the language that is being said. And that is what we're really here to talk about today in today's episode is this addiction to our language, this addiction to the story that we really don't want to tell, but that somehow we feel like we are continuing to live in the shadows, in our in our ego, in our subconscious, whatever the vehicle is that we want to call that—that story still getting promoted every day on a loudspeaker by yours truly. So that's what we're here to talk about.
1: Yeah, and you know, on that note too, um, you know, when we're talking about this, this stories these stories that we're addicted to, you know, the way I like to think about these, these are like these titles, like these badges. Mm -hmm. It's almost like this shield you wear. It's like this dress you put on like every fucking day without Mm -hmm. even realizing you're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's just like, this is your identity.
0: There you go. Great word right there. It's just,
1: you're, Oh my God, I just got goosebumps. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's like, it's this identity you, you wear, you know, like and, you know, when we're we're talking about like overcoming this, of like, okay, well, how do you, you know, strip this identity down and how do you, you know, figure out what's really going on here? And it's like, I think, you know, just coming from like a food standpoint, I just have to say, like, this is one of the things I see so much is like women just banging their head against a wall mm-hmm. every time they fail every or they feel like they fail every mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. something doesn't go how they want, every time the weight comes back they go down in a hole and they just start bludgeoning themselves, Mm -hmm. calling themselves a failure, telling themselves that they will never be able to get out of this, that they're fat, that they're a food addict. You know, the, the list just goes on and on and on. And they blame their willpower. And this is, this is the crazy thing. And this is what I really want to make a point on. Um, is like when we, when it doesn't work, we blame ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hear women say all the time, like they're blaming their willpower, but it's like, what what you said sparked this of like when you said you're like the drive is there my heart is there mm-hmm. like your willpower is not the fucking issue here
0: mm-hmm.
1: Like your willpower is alive and well you wouldn't be fighting this hard you wouldn't have been doing diet after diet you wouldn't have been doing right all the of this stuff right you got willpower of like a fucking iron man dude right. like you have got willpower for days the fact that you can go in over and over and over again, knowing, feeling like you're probably going to fail again, but you keep going in. I'm sorry. That is not an issue of willpower mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you, your willpower is fucking alive and well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think when we're talking about addictive language, like before we can even talk about the language, you first have to get through the door and start realizing like, this is not an issue of you being weak.
0: Mm hmm.
1: Or you not having what it
0: takes. Well, and that's language on its own, right? Yeah. Is all of a sudden that's what we're tying to this issue of like my, you know, we're starting to label it. My willpower is weak. My will, my, my drive is pitiful. I'm, there we go. Like all the, there are the terms, there are those taboo words that really we start tuning in with. How are they making us feel? And it's not just that we're saying them. It's that before we even have said them and let them come out of our mouths, we've thought it. We've thought it a million times yeah. to ourselves. You know, and then we get into relationships with friends or, or or our partner and we tell the story again, but from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, what you had said before. It's these labels, these badges that we're slapping on things like our freaking willpower, you know. Uh, starting out of the gate with this weight around our ankle, which is this identity that we're building up by the labels that we're putting on ourselves.
1: I know, isn't that crazy? It's, it's, it's like, so, it's so, and this is so applicable to so many parts in your life. Like, I can't even tell you how many times. I have been like in relationship with somebody, you know, friend or whatever, and they'll call me out on a part of me or something that I'm doing that they're just like, ooh, not not super cool at that. Or I don't really like that. And I'm just like, well, that's just
0: me. Right. Like, yes, I just, me. this is just me. This is just who I am. That's-
1: don't ask me to change. Like I've been I've been dealing with my anger for so long. Don't expect it to change now. Like mm-hmm. all, all this stuff. And it's just like, what did I just say there? Right. That it's like this is me like when you're saying that you're leaving no opening for growth like there's no room like just saying this is me this is how it is like that's suffocating
0: right you've built your container by all the labels that you have chosen for yourself right Mm. how can we expand past that how can we allow ourselves to even dream past that if this box is just tight with labels that you can't you can't even barely breathe underneath. Right. You know, but this goes in hand in hand with like suffrage is normal. Pain is normal. Mm-hmm. You just got a soldier through it. You just got to, you just got
1: to. Oh dude, I'm having a, a freaking God moment, like mind blow moment here. Of it's like, okay, these aren't just the, when we're talking about addictive language and these beliefs that we just slap all over ourselves and just assume to be true without question. It's like, this isn't just coming from ourselves. Like mm-hmm. this is like cultural. Like, oh, sure. you know, how many times have you heard like, well, life isn't fair mm-hmm. and money doesn't grow on trees yeah. and you know, well, and all this stuff, all these limiting things Absolutely. of people telling us how life is, how things are. Like I walked up to school, both hill, uphill both ways. Like it's like we find pride in the suffrage in suffering. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a badge of honor. It's like, man, mm-hmm. if I have struggled, if I've suffered, that's like my, my gold medal. Mm-hmm. And like, we cling to that mm-hmm. so hard. And it's just like, phew. so like a big part of healing this is like learning to either tune out those stories mm-hmm. or create, new ones for ourselves like just just off the top of my head just like the whole thing like money doesn't doesn't grow on trees well fuck yes it does
0: like actually money (laughs) is made out very literally very
1: literally like it is made out of paper that comes from trees and like mangoes grow on trees i could pick some mangoes and sell them by the side of the road money does grow on trees so it's like when we're looking at these beliefs that have been imposed on us it's like when you actually get real and look at this you're just like that is 100 percent fear-based
0: and it is total bullshit. Right. And that is, you just built a beautiful segue into language, which is, it comes from two places, right? It's either fear-based or love-based language, and this is again like we're just trying to create an awareness right now, you guys, about what language vehicles you can be driving around in. You know, do you want the beat-up truck that's always losing its wheel, and you got to call the tow truck driver every five seconds? You got, you know, I'm going to run out of gas. This thing's going to blow. The fear vehicle, you know, or do you want this beautiful, you know, vehicle that you've built for yourself? It's you. It's it makes you feel lighter than life, you know, and and. And you can rely on it 24/7 because you know it's got your back. That is the language of love. So these are two vehicles that you can drive around in and tell your story. And so which one are we going to choose? And we're not saying that it's easy because we are fighting this battle every day. We are going in with new hearts and new swords every single day. The BC he's still there on the other side, right? But we have a choice. There's a conscious choice and we want to create the awareness around the power in that choice. You know, and when God said what we have given you, free will, we have given you the power of choice, my friend, this is what we're talking about. You have a choice to tell the story of fear or love. You have the choice to create the life, the beautiful vision of fear or love. And what's it going to be, baby? You know, because we can tune into how we're feeling every time we're telling this story. And this is, again, where awareness comes in. This is autopilot, kids. We've been working on this for our whole life. We are masters at telling our story. So which one are we going to start feeding the fire of, you know, the story that makes us feel like freaking superheroes or the one that we're just so damn good at. That makes us feel like rocks, you know? Right. <laughs> right?
1: And you know, the funny thing is like, I know we both know people and everybody listening. I'm sure you have somebody in your life like this, who is just like so addicted to telling their trauma story, just telling their pain just over and over and over again. And they almost find this identity, like this Mm -hmm. safety Mm -hmm. in it that, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not innocent of this. You know, I have done this so many times of, you know, telling this story over and over and over again. But it's like, I feel like I'm at least now to this point where it's like, I can be aware of when I'm doing it and be like, Oh God, this is old programming, old belief. Oh shit. This is old, outdated, addictive language. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. And I can stop that fear car. Yeah. Yeah. Get out and switch cars and keep going. Yes. And, you know, and so I I guess I think what's at the point of what I'm trying to say, the car of what I'm trying to say is it's like, you don't have to always be in the love car. Like I think this whole idea of like, you have to do it perfectly. Sure. That's a whole nother fucking illusion because it's just like, this story of I have to do it perfectly or it's not worth doing, or I have to do it perfectly or I'm a failure and then I should just give up. Like, this is not a black or white issue. Yeah. Like, it's it, it's not you make a decision once and that's it. You never have to come back and and fight this battle again, right? Like, this is
0: a daily choice. Yep. Am I choosing fear or love, man? It's an instantaneous choice. It's like, even in a day we're coming up against that choice. How many times a day? Oh God. You know, I'm a, I have a terrible trigger around driving.
1: Dude, <laughs> I just it, had one too. Yeah, I was it's,
0: it's like, a, it, you know, in my book of language is one of my weaker points, you know, and I catch myself there every single time. Right. I'm making a choice here, trying to choose better for myself and the other driver, but really, you know, (laughs) really struggling through that gate.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, I actually, you know, this this all comes down like to like, like belief, I think. I think there's a lot of faith here. Mm hmm. That, you know needs to happen like oh my golly yeah the <laughs> like, surrender goes the hand sur- in yeah hand. the surrender because it's like I I actually um I asked a question on my group today about like what is like the biggest struggle that you're having breaking through like actually overcoming you know the struggle with food and like three women responded back saying I just don't believe I can
0: oh yes okay so yeah the faith is a core
1: yeah, because it's like, man, if you don't even believe that there's a door handle to the fear car, Cash. that you yeah. if you just believe you're trapped in this car and you don't even believe it's an option, that you yeah. don't even deserve to yes. be in the love car. Great other word. Or yes. you feel like, oh my God, if I get in that, I'm just going to crash it. It's pointless. Let me just stay in this little fear bubble. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: that is choosing. It is. Suffering. It is. That's an awareness point, everybody. We're choosing right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what choice looks like. Yeah, Ugh. you know. And I, I feel like it, working with with women um, primarily because I don't get the chance to work with a lot of men, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, that will change for both of us. You mm-hmm. know, I hope that men step into their vulnerability and are willing to be seen because we want you to, you know. But women seem to be who 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 step forward for that the most. Um, the it will be they don't even want to create because a b c d f g you know but realistically it's because they feel like they will fuck it up you know like there is a a um an end point in their mind already of perfection or of uh you know some some I'm looking for a buzzword here that we both know so well um expectation oh holy expectation. moly Expectation, you know, that that ultimately they have an expectation set up at the end of this that already has, has halted them from even starting the process of freedom. They can't even go into it because the destination Mm. itself is so far up the expectation pole that the, the, the failure and everything that's going to come along with that, that, you know, there is that story that has a million words that are going to stop them before they can even start. Yeah. Oh my God. You just.
1: Damn. You just made a really, really good point. Like I'm kind of still processing. Like you just gave me like soul goosebumps. (laughs) Um, because yeah, dude, like I think what you were just saying about expectation and the pressure of being like perfect of like, unless you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to hit that expectation and do it perfectly. What's the even point of starting? Yeah. And Oh dude, i freaking know that so well. Yeah. Like painfully well yeah. of just, man, unless I know this is going to be a home run, what's the point? Uh And it's, it just seems like, you know, and I think this is really pervasive, especially with women, just because like the types of pressure that's put on us, Mm -hmm. you know, to be like, like, skinny and reach your goal weight, but also be the perfect mother and have all your shit together and your house has to be clean and do the dishes and, but also be a, be a businesswoman and be the good wife. And like, there's so much freaking expectation
0: mm-hmm.
1: out there that it's like, and these messages were being fed. Like, and so I just want to make the point here of a lot of this addictive language. Some of it's not even coming from you. No, it's coming from culture, from your parents, from Dude, your friends, like, it's not just coming from inside you, mm-hmm. and but it's you that's believing that, right? And that's a choice. Right? That's Again, a choice. we're back to the choice: Are you going to believe it, <laughs> yeah, or not, yeah? Like, are you going to let it in? Are you going to let it seed? Mm-hmm. Are you going to let it take root, yeah, and grow in your mind? Or are you going to notice it right then, and be like, oh, fear-based thought, and freaking chuck it out? Yeah, pull that weed, right. And, you know, I feel like, you know, kind of continuing this whole gardening metaphor we got going on (laughs) is, you know, and this is the process of coming home to yourself, of finding yourself and finding this peace and getting over this addiction is you got to start gardening your own garden here. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you're just starting this process and you're just starting this journey, you're going to have like some deep rooted bushes and some trees that have been there since
0: you were a kid. Yeah, it's gonna be like the secret garden.
1: Right. Who's been in
0: there in like 30 years.
1: Exactly, it's like, when was the last time you popped the you popped the hood on your own car and uh-huh. took a look at what was running? It's like, yeah. if you haven't
0: done there's that- There's rats living in here. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like there's gonna be some really ugly shit. And you're uh-huh. just like, God, uh-huh. close it, don't look at it, burn it. Like, don't let anybody else see it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like, oh God, I remember like the first time, <laughs> The first time, like, when I first started Mindful eating, and my coach, like, had me start doing, you know, some of the exercises and looking at, like, what's going on here. I came across this one that I was, like, I honestly believe that I'm the disappointment of my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, dude, like, that hit. I just
0: wanted to close the journal. I was, like, yeah. I'm out. I'm yeah. out. I'm,
1: like, that's enough <laughs> for like, a couple of years. Like, I don't want to do this. Go ahead and turtle know. up on that one. I don't want to do this. Like, nope. I'm... I'm totally, ha- I know I'm a disappointment, so I don't want to dig into this anymore. Like, sure. I know this to be true. I have yeah. all this evidence. Yes, yeah, evidence. I have all yes. this evidence of times that oh. I've fucked this up. So, nope, we're not even going to go here. Like, oh, yeah. And I just, I wanted to walk away. And it's like, thank God I didn't. But I was like that's kind of the point. If it's like, eventually you'll get to the point where your garden's looking pretty good. Yeah. And it is just kind of maintenance weeding. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know when I get there. I've mm-hmm. still got some.
0: But it's looking pretty good.
1: It's looking, it is looking pretty good, but yeah. I've still got a couple deep rooted ones, but I'm working on it and getting there. Right. Um, but you know, and so even when we're talking about this expectation thing, it's like this expectation that the healing is going to be easy and quick and beautiful uh-huh. and just this smooth sailing, perfect upward trajectory that it's like, if that in itself is your
0: expectation of healing? Yeah. Well, you're kind of just setting yourself up for a real rough ride. <laughs> right, right. If if anybody's done gardening and used a rototiller, you know the experience <laughs> right. of being you know driven into the ground by a machine, and mm-hmm. that would be setting up that expectation. You know, yeah. it, get get ready for some really um, possibly uncomfortable moments. And when I'm teaching painting, um, that's one of the the biggest chasms we have to cross uh as a team you know is is being okay with the uncomfortable and it, this is a trigger guys for our really crumb language for our fear-based vehicle language is when we get into those really uncomfortable moments you know and we our little our little lion heart wants to push through But all of a sudden here come all those stories oh it just comes creeping in kind of quiet you know and then soon enough it's on a loudspeaker people are banging the drum you know and it's it's taken over and that is the, that is a triggering moment, right? Is when we're in that moment of uncomfort. That's when a lot of people turn to me and say, I told you I couldn't do this. I am not an artist. I just have never been this. I don't know how to paint this. ah." You know, it's just like all this desperation comes out that they feel like they've, they've been holding in that story holding it back the whole time, giving it my benefit of the doubt that I can make it holding a little candle of hope for myself. But as soon as we get into the discomfort, that baby's out. We're in the darkness again. I'm in the darkness again. Right. You know, so it's like. And then you tell it yourself, be like, I told you I'd end up I here. I told you i told, I told you I would I fail. fail. Like,
1: I told you I this fail is why I wasn't every... able to do this
0: in the first place. Right.
1: I fail every time. See?
0: More proof. And I spent money on this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I invested in myself. What a fool. Okay, so uh, and I'm I'm really not making fun of you guys because I go through this almost on a daily basis. I'm a new mom. I have a lot of expectations I'm working through, you know, but, but it is that you have to have a little bit of humor with yourself as you're going through this dark night, as you're going through this growth period of the uncomfortable and know that with every single cycle in life, in every growth, there will be that curve of uncomfortable moment. But guess what? Here's the little golden brick road is that means you're getting closer. Every time you go through that Mm. discomfort, guess what's on the other side of this? And I know that's cliche, but it's freaking real, man. My baby just had the flu and it's like right at our breaking point. It's like, oh my God, we can't do this. We're going down too. (laughs) She freaking, her fever broke We came out of the woods. Here comes my little friend again. She's looking so good. It's right at that breaking point where we're going to lose our faith. where We're going to lose our hope Mm. where I I'm on my, how many a day of eating well, and I'm fucking not seeing the results. and I'm just done. I'm just fucking done. I'm going to the store. (laughs) I'm getting some ice cream. I'm getting some ice cream. And again, I want to show some humility here because dude, I, Don is my friend and my coach, thank God, but we really, this is real life shit, and I drive to the store, I do it, I am that guy, I'm always trying to just, you know, abuse a little bit with food, it's just a little one of my abusive techniques. Right, and actually
1: that, that brings up a really, 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 really good point, because what you were just saying about, like, when you hit that discomfort, That is what emotional eating is Mm -hmm. like, boom, right there. It's like you start to kind of crawl out of this hole. Mm -hmm. You kind of try to be vulnerable. You start to shed this skin. And then all of a sudden something hits discomfort comes up and you haven't gotten far enough in the journey yet to learn new coping skills. Uh Uh So it's like literally all you have is, is, is the food. And so when you reach for it, then you know what you were saying of like then you kinda of, I'm just gonna abuse myself a little bit here. Yeah. It's like because when you fall into that hole, like and we all do it, like when you first fall into that hole, like maybe unless you're the Dalai Lama. Um, I when bet you, Dolly falls to you. I'm, I'm sure he I'm <laughs> sure he does. See, that's me with my expectations. But Dolly like, laughs, the Dolly Lama laugher. never
0: does it. He's a laugher. He
1: is a laugher. Oh, I'd love to hang out with that dude. Right. Um, Sorry, segue. <laughs> no, but it's like when we first fall into that hole, like one of the first thoughts you go into is like, "I'm bad. I deserve to be punished." Yeah, berate me. It, yeah, it's Opus like dare. tell me, like flag, like self-flagellation. It's yes. like I deserve. So oh, it's man. like we start to actually not just justify, but kind of seek out self-harming behavior.
0: Oh, yeah. Cause I know it so well, cause it feels kind of good. It does feel kind of like good. An old sweater, it looks like shit, but I still like the way it feels.
1: I know it's kind of <laughs> like I mean, I hate this. this is the first thing that popped in my head. I'm just going with it. Of it's like that that guy you used to date who never really treated you well,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but every time you broke up with a guy, every time you were alone, you're like, hey, I'm gonna
0: call that asshole. <laughs> At like, least I know how to deal with that asshole.
1: Right. It's like, I just, I need to, I need a little bit of self-shame yeah. and I need. I need the pain. Yeah. I need a little pain.
0: And you guys that have tattoos kind of know this story. They're like, yeah. I got to feel this.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this. And like, so that brings back like, okay, not just addictive language,
0: but mm. addictive feeling. Yeah. Addictive emotion. Because don't you think it's it's hand in hand? I think I'm shit. Therefore I have a feeling that goes with this. Yeah. Where's my glove? You know, I, this is my thought. This is my language yeah. to myself. It has a glove. It has a, a a feeling that fits it. Right. It's eating the box of donuts. <laughs> first, when I first got pregnant, I totally like self-abused m- myself. Let's be real here. It wasn't directed towards anyone but myself. But I went into Walmart and I bought like the holiday bags of of M&Ms, and I was like, I'm just I'm just gonna cry and eat the M&Ms. <laughs> I didn't feel good doing it. It literally didn't feel good. My stomach freaking hurt. But it was like this emotional anchor that I tied myself to and then threw myself in the ocean because it, it, in my mind, it seemed like it would be worse or less worse, you know, less bad. I'm sorry, that's terrible grammar than, than, than what I was feeling, right? Yeah. And how many of us do that? It's like the food will feel better compared to what I'm, the pain I'm feeling now. You know, or guess what? Not creating art, not doing something creative will feel better. If I just sit here and binge on Pinterest again, fucking guilty, (laughs) then it will feel so much better than actually making my own art. You know, it's just that is part of the addiction.
1: Yeah. And I think that brings up a whole nother point of it's like, okay, you can't just sit here and, you know, have this kind of self-righteous thing of like, oh, like the food and the, the resistance and all that is over there bad shame it's yeah. like okay because not only are we choosing to do it but also like and I think this is a big thing that people miss and that like diets and all this shit is yeah. i talking about and no one seems to be talking about this is it's like if you're doing it it's serving a purpose sure like and what I mean by that is it's like you know I see so many people and I do this too you kind of get into this like victim mentality of like all of it is bad. Like I'm just, I'm just addicted to the food. I'm just gonna go with the food metaphor. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm addicted to the food. the food. Hates me. The food is my enemy. It's happening to me, like all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you really flip it around, you're like, okay, if this was all bad. Mm-hmm if it was not serving any kind of purpose in your life to help you cope, to bring you some kind of soothing, to distract, to shield you from some kind of pain that your subconscious doesn't even want to look at. Mm-hmm. Like it is serving a purpose. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a past trauma or something. You know, I have, I work with, you know, a couple women in the past who have said like, you know, my eating the expert in, you know, teenage years around, like I was, you know, assaulted in some way, mm-hmm. or I lost somebody and mm-hmm. the grief is when it started. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if, if things like that, or, you know, if you, you know, grew up in, you know, kind of a, a home where, you know, your parents fought a lot, or even like, I watched my mom just diet mm-hmm. all the time. It's like all this stuff that you see and you witness, it's like, Sometimes you don't really want to go there. You don't want to confront that, but it's like, that's the root of it. Mm -hmm. Like that's where all the stuff is coming from. And it's like, so the food, the numb, whatever you're using to numb. Yeah.
0: Is protecting you from going there. Yeah. Stopping you from looking back at your root. Right. You know, what is this new, this root that keeps this, this chronic illness, you know, of my soul coming back. Hmm. And that numbness, like you were saying, whatever it is, drug, sex, alcohol, food, the whole gamut, you know, social media, we're going to throw that one in there, is just stopping you at a train stop short of what's really going on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and this is why and I could go on a whole freaking rant here. Uh I won't Um, about like this. I think right there is why so many women are suffering and struggling and feeling like they're failing, especially in the kind of like the, the diet world mm-hmm. is just cause like the diets aren't teaching you how to do this. Mm-hmm. Like they're not getting to the root. Like when was the last time you did a diet that taught you how to work through your shame? Yeah, right. <laughs> and,
0: and drink this and then yeah, talk about this.
1: Yeah. Do Drink this juice for 12 days. It'll cure all of your your past shame and feelings of inadequacy and your, all your family baggage, really, really, really good stuff. Right. You know, it's like, that's not happening. And so it's like, this is why it's so crazy. You know, like even like with art, you get people say like, I'm just not an artist. Yeah. It's like, this isn't about the paint Uh or the canvas Uh or the medium. (laughs) Like, it's like, this has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't. Like, yeah, it's not about the food. It's not about the, the art. It's not that you just don't know how to draw. It's like there is something inside you that is telling you, I can't do this. I'm not worthy. Yeah. It's not safe. I can't have this. Yeah. There's there's something in there else going on that is like every time you step up to the canvas, uh-huh. every time you get two weeks into the diet, every time you start chasing that dream, every uh-huh. time you get close to leaving that abusive relationship, something fires in you. Yeah. And just wall of resistance comes up and you just fall back on those identities that yeah. you've slapped on yourself. Maybe, I'm not good enough. I'm a, th- I don't, des- I don't deserve it. I'm, you know, insert title here. You
0: yeah. Know? Yeah. What's the story? Whose voice is it? Who's the guy behind the curtain?
1: Right. And you know, so many times, I mean, I'll just, I'll just be honest. I discovered a whole new trigger Just like last week, which I'll be honest, guys, freaking knocked me on my ass. Um, But it's like, I realized like, that's not even my voice. That's my mother's
0: voice. (laughs) Right. Right. Identifying that root. Yeah. That root. I was like, okay,
1: this isn't even mine. Yeah. Like, and realizing like, okay, not only is this my mother's voice in my head, but this is like me listening to my mother from a childhood mentality Yeah. of like realizing like, man, this belief got rooted in right around eight or nine years old. Yeah. And it never really left. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, I'm still hearing it from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. like, Like, okay. Yeah. So, and you know, I think the other big, big thing is just like the power of your words. Yeah, I I like the power of I am. Like what like those are the two most powerful words in the freaking universe. Like be
0: very careful what comes after that. Yeah, if if anybody's read the big book, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know that that phrase is is very early on in the story, you know, when we're when we're having the discussion of what should we call you? And he says, I am that I am. And my husband and I were just laughing about how like how does that just get not talked about? How do we not talk about I am that I am? I am what I say that I am. I am what I think that I am. How are we not talking about this? You know, this is a huge, mm-hmm. this is a huge awakening on its own that we're starting to understand like what you said, that the word has power, but the word attached to the I am is maybe where we're really casting spells on our life you guys when we talk about casting spells you know even let's look at that and explode that what is that it's throwing words with intention into the universe and having a very solid belief and expectation this is coming to fruition mm-hmm. so what spells are we casting every day are we casting black magic <laughs> on our life or a little you know or a little white glinda magic on our life yeah and again we're back to fear love fear <laughs> <Like> love <laughs> like baby
1: like we've come full circle, and hey, so it's like
0: you get options.
1: Yeah, you have like you have choice. You only have two of them, <laughs> but you have a but choice. you have choice. But you have a choice. Yeah, it's always it's always fear or love, and it's like that's always like like the number one question I ask people when they're struggling. I'm like, well, what do you believe is true?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, what beliefs are you honestly holding about yourself? Like, how many times have you said I'm powerless to food. Mm-hmm. How many times have you affirmed that mm-hmm. for yourself? Like you were saying, of casting the spell. Like how many times have you determined that that is who you are and that you are just powerless to food? Like that, that's really what you need to start looking at. It's like, really, is
0: it momentary? Like how many times do you say it to yourself in your own head? Even if you're not talking to your friends about it or your coach about it, how many times are you saying it to yourself? Right.
1: Yeah. Cause you don't have to say it out loud.
0: Hell no, you don't. Yeah. Guess who's creating this reality? You. You. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what are you choosing? Yeah. You what know? are you choosing? And, and you don't have to even say that out loud that you're choosing fear your love. That is an internal decision. Again, that is internal. That is between you and you. Right.
1: And you know, when I first started mindful eating, that was actually one of the first assignments my coach gave me was she was like, before we dive into anything, she's like, we're just going to take like an internal dialogue, uh-huh. like audit here. Uh-huh. She's like, I want you to just carry around a notebook and every time like a self deprecating thought uh-huh. i just want you to make a tally. Uh-huh.
0: It was horrifying.
1: Yeah. Horrifying. Like i don't remember the exact number but it was like oh shit.
0: I had like, a calculator roll i'm carrying around with me.
1: Yeah, i was like oh my like every time that i like caught my reflection in a in like a window mm-hmm. and immediately just saw oh my god my rolls
0: mm-hmm.
1: tally. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I walked past another girl and thought, I'll never look like that. Mm. Tally. Every time I saw a couple kissing be like, no man will ever look Mm. at me like that. Mm -hmm. Tally. Mm. Like, it was just like, I pretty much didn't leave, like, the notebook didn't leave my hand almost all day. It was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is horrifying. And it just, it didn't even go to body image. Like, I'd go to class because I was in college. And, like, every time I was just like, oh, my God, this is so hard. I'll never learn this. Uh Add that to the tally. I was just like, oh my God. Like yeah. real life, like coming face to face with my internal conversation. Yeah. Was eye-opening, was horrifying, was heartbreaking, but at least it gave me a starting point. Yeah. And as uncomfortable as it was, like it gave everything so much freaking clarity. Cause yeah. I was like, oh, this is why I've been so fucking miserable. Right. Like. This is why I have no self-confidence because every time I'm seeing another woman, I am comparing myself and telling myself I will never be, Mm -hmm. that I am less than. And it's just like, and again, like, are you, I was, I realized like, you know, when I started trying to break out of that and she was starting to teach me how to turn those beliefs around, I I, I was having this like, but I want to go back. You know, to the comfort of the shame, yeah, and the not loving myself. It's like because I mean, and I'll just be honest here. What I realized was like there was a part of me that was honestly just kind of lazy.
0: Uh huh.
1: That was not a fun realization to look at either. Uh Of it's just like it's easier to choose fear. Uh huh. Like oh, choosing love is such a pain in the ass. Sometimes it's so much work. There's so much
0: work. It's so much work. There's the language right there.
1: Right, and that's oh. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that, like right there. Addictive language of like, Oh, choosing love is so hard. It's so hard. Okay. Is that a story I'm telling? I'm going to have to journal about that later and
0: <laughs> figure out if that's something I have no Right. And so <laughs> if it's not that it's that there's, there's a power in it, right? Yeah. You know, a friend of mine and I, make this choice, unfortunately, tandemly a lot of times. And it's like, ooh, you think you're strong? Oh, you're so much stronger when you're putting yourself down. You know, I may be strong like this, but you should see me like this. You know, and it's almost like having like the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You're like, yeah, he's great, but he's really strong. You know, so you have this weird sense of power there, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, you and I are both huge fans of the uh, War of Art, My dyslexia wants to play with me and say Uh, the other one war of art. Um, and, and how that really starts to shine awareness. If you guys haven't read it, it's a very easy read. It's a very easy read, you know? So if you're going on a road trip or whatever, really easy read, I really suggest that you get it and read it. Um, but really helps shine light on what is the resistance? Who is he? What's he look like? What kind of outfit is he showing up in today? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, these were questions, you guys, that I feel like I'd had in my heart, in my head, in my life, everyday story. Why me? You know, and, and realistically, when I start reading it from this perspective of how this resistance comes into our life, of the of the faces and, and shapes that it'll take, you know, the stories that we'll tell to support it, the stories that our loved ones will tell to support it. So much identification so much awareness so much clarity around some of these things I have just been struggling and thinking it's me I'm fucked up I'm broken I'm not as good as her or him or whomever I'm not as good as my own family you know like you would said it's like I there's a black sheep model that that Okay, I want to, I'm sorry, segue, I have to hit this. There's a black sheep model that I just got turned on to that is a perspective thing. And again, I want to highlight the hell out of that word perspective, 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 because you guys, this has everything to do with fear of love. This has everything to do with how we how we tell a story about a situation. But the black sheep. We've all told this story about like, oh man, I'm the black sheep, I'm the outcast, I'm the loner, I'm the guy that's just like broken, I'm the needy one, I'm the emotional one, I'm the dramatic one, I am the whatever, fill in the blank with the crappy label. Here is a perspective shift. Is the black sheep is the diamond, the black sheep is the one and there could only be a couple. And don't you want to be that one in the flock, that one black sheep baby that that shepherd's got his eye on no matter what. You are in the grace of, you are special, honey, in a whole different way. You are are the black sheep. So this is perspective of, of really owning that position for ourselves. You know, we don't have to go to the dark side. You can be different and it is in this loving power that you hold your strength and not in the dark side, you know, so telling the new story of the black sheep, that that is an honorable position to be that special one that got born that way out of the litter.
1: Dude, you're giving me goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Good. I hope
0: I'm hitting everybody with some of that stuff right now because it really did shift something for me to think of it that way because I'll tell you what, I don't know who else suffers from this. I know a lot of us do. When we were kids, the best thing to do was to fit in, be normal, look like everyone else, man. Don't get that attention because you know what? That attention wasn't always good. You get that attention. You get a lot of other things that came along with it. Jealousy, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever that was going to show up like. You didn't want to be that guy, man. And if you were if you were smart, you know, you had a need for knowledge and you wanted to share it with the world. If you were artistic, if you dressed differently because you found your passion in clothes as a young child or you, whatever. Again, fill in the magical blank. But back then it was safer to fit in. It was safer to be one of the white freaking sheep. And now we are starting to shift that perspective, everyone. And we realize that we do not want to be one of the sheep, man. We want to be the black sheep. We want to be our true self, our authentic self. We want to start tuning into those root issues that gave us these stories and shore them up and start telling a different story. You know, so it's like be the freaking black sheep, baby. Shine. Like, don't hide your light. And I'm sorry, that was a total segue, but no, like, that was- I had to go there for all of us that are telling these stories about how I am different, I'm broken, I'm not enough, I am this, that, or the other. Dude, I have, I have some girlfriends that are very curvy women, extremely curvy. Um, they're of an ethnicity that doesn't fit that model. If they were a different ethnicity, they would fit that model, but because they're not, it's like, it's like not okay. It's so weird because in another ethnicity, we honor that. We're like, oh man, she's so beautiful. She's got all these curves. And then you wear another ethnicity and you have the same fucking body type and it's not okay. Black sheep, shine the motherfucker on. (laughs) (laughs) Trach. Trach. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. That was very no. GD. That was so bad. I, t- I hope I took everybody for a little bit of a ride. Oh
1: god, I, I love it when you get on your little spiel's. They're mm-hmm. magical. Yeah, awesome. um, yeah. No, dude, you just freaking blew my mind because you just gave me a massive aha moment. Of it's like, okay, you know, talk about like addiction. It's like we, uh, this addiction to fitting in. Yes. It's baby. like
0: that's a root, right? Frick, there. That's a
1: root. Like yeah. this addiction to fitting in and just play small and you know just you know quack like duck walk like duck like fit in with the ducks and it's like so you know when we're talking about you know just like art you know so Katie is actually like my art teacher she taught me how to paint and uh are still teaching me actually but it's like i started realizing that it's like one of the reasons like i always knew i was artistic i always knew that that was in me but I always got so scared because I was like well if you have to step up to the canvas you have to know what to paint yeah like you have to paint a certain something where's my destination yeah yeah where's my destination and they're like I have to paint something pretty and my lines all have to be straight or else my expectation right or else someone else will (laughs) think this is ugly like I want to fit in and the you know, and so that fear of like, but what even is fitting in? Like, I don't know. There's so many art, so much art. Like, look at that. I could never paint that. Right. And so I just never even tried. And it wasn't until Katie taught me like, fuck the rules. Like, who cares about the rules? Amen. Just just step up and like, you want to try those two colors? It might make mud. But who, cares? who knows? Mud looks like, good sometimes. Right. It's like, you won't know until you try. And like, until you give yourself permission to screw up until you sell, give yourself permission to, for it not to be perfect until you give yourself permission to be beautiful and brilliant in your own imperfections, because you're standing there in your honest, true self. Like until you give yourself that permission, I feel like you're going to be trapped in that. I just need to fit in. I need to do it like everybody else. And I feel like that's what comes with, with body image of like people just trying to like, well, I need to look like her and honestly, and I'll just like this is why I don't post before and after pictures uh-huh. of, of comparison of right? my clients because it's just like <clears throat> everybody glorifies the after. It's like right. oh my god, you look so beautiful. And It's like right. wait, like you weren't I beautiful the before. Same person, you're the, you're the same heart, same soul, <laughs> yeah. same dreams. It's just like you're just a different pant size. I refuse to glorify Dude. that as like you're better now. Fuck that. Absolutely. Fuck that. That is everything I stand against. So if you've been following me for a while and you've been wondering why I don't post before and afters, there you go. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's like this, I have to fit in. It's like, oh, diet culture, the fashion industry, all these people are telling me, unless I'm this size, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And that core belief and wanting to fit in so badly, you want to fit in more than you want to be happy. Yeah. And more than you want to be at peace with yourself, like just get me to fit in. And that's why people and women justify abusing themselves and doing some really horrible things to themselves in the name of weight loss and just offering themselves, their sanity, their their beautiful minds, their creativity, their whole life, their life force, and just putting it on the altar of weight loss and saying, take it Dude. just let me fit in. Just take the weight away. I don't care if I have to starve myself. I don't care if I have to throw up. I don't yeah. care if I have to never eat bread again. I don't care. Just make me fit in. Yeah. And then you're wondering why the diets aren't making you happy.
0: <laughs> or why you're not losing fucking weight. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know, like, it's like, cause, cause fear
1: And self-deprecation is not a long-term motivator, guys. Like, fear is not a good motivation. You cannot sit here and, like, bap, 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 like, you will fit in. Just starve yourself, you fat piece of shit. Like, I'm sorry. That is not going to get you where you want to go. But, again, that's the addictive language is we're so addicted to that. You're fat. You're out of control. You have no control with food. You should be ashamed of yourself. And so go on another diet and you need to diet harder this time because your motivation sucks. So I don't care what you have to do. You're staying on this Mm -hmm. time. And every time you go around the blame
0: and the shame gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, I, Two things. Who sets the standard for failure? Who? Who says that you're a failure? Who says, who sets the standard for body image? Who sets the standard for success? Dude, who? Like, who gets to determine who, if exactly. you're a success or not? Yeah. So who, like, like, what model are we squeezing into? Whose model is this? And do they want the best for you? Yeah. Whose box is this? Do they want you to be happy? No. I kind of think they want you to stay in pain so you keep on putting your investment out there. Mm-hmm. Preach, so, girl. Right? Because some of us that are coaches and and teachers are only doing this because we're not, we've walked this road. We're fucking walking this road and we're sharing what's helping us. We want ultimately for you to get better, baby, and own your road, blaze that motherfucking trail, you know, do it, be, be that rock star that we know you can be, because I don't want to hold your hand for the rest of your life. I want you to get those wings strong and fly, baby, freaking fly. Yeah. You know, I don't want you tied to a product. I don't want you tied to my freaking classes. I don't want any of that crap. Yes. I want you to find your freedom and breathe again. Yeah. That is what I ultimately want for you. And guess what, guys? That's what God wants for you. That's what the universe wants for you. It wants you to breathe. It wants you to soar. It wants you to be free, chain free. And that means no models attached to you, no labels attached to you, no fucking identities attached to you. Yeah. This means free. You can be whatever you want to be. Oh God. And like that.
1: Oh God. Again, goosebumps sometimes goosebumps. God, you say the best thing. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> well, get in the heart space, everyone, because I'll tell you what, source is waiting to to just riff through you freaking so blow in your, heart space. your mind. Get in oh your heart space. my
1: god. Yeah. And it's like I think you just wrapped it up beautifully in that, you know, I think this is the biggest problem with I mean I'm just coming at this from the perspective of dieting. I'm sure you have an example from art and parenting mm-hmm. and sure. all these other places, but it's like from the thing of food and dieting, it's like if you're doing a program right now or a diet that pretty much tells you that you have to buy a product, take a pill, drink a shake, or stay in a membership site. Um, I'm sorry, but that is not going to get you that freedom. Like, if that is chaining you to a, no, you have to keep taking this pill. You have to keep – you have to never eat carbs ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, man, if you want the weight loss from keto to last, guess what? That means no more pasta, you know? So unless it's, like, the weird, gross, like, fucking keto pasta, which is shit. Um, (laughs) And so then it's like, okay, you can have pasta, but it's fucked up pasta. and. (laughs) But tell yourself that's okay because at least you'll be skinny. Dude, I used to think, Fuck what if that. we get
0: into an apocalypse? This is weird. But what if we get into apocalypse and I can't get my fucking shake powder? Oh, Remember? like, fucked. What am I going to do? Like, you guys, I seriously thought this. I would have like weird moments where I'd want my husband to buy us like three or four canisters, like four months supply, because I thought like, oh my God, what if there's not enough? Like, what will I do? I literally did. <laughs> I didn't have a plan. I was just like, I did not have a survival mechanism outside of this. And I, and I'm not, I want to, again, with like the compassion, if you guys do have a product that you love, great. Love it. Like consider it icing on the fucking cake, but underneath you better have a plan baby about how you're going to take care of yourself outside of your products. Yeah. I mean, shit, i use essential oils. Like if I just relied on that all day long, dude, what if they go out of business? You know what I mean? It's like, what are you going to do? What is, what's underneath that? Well, and
1: that's why it's like any of this, any of this, whether it's art, dieting, relationships, I don't care. You have to become your own center. Yes. Like you need the tools, like no, no crutches. Yes. You need to learn to stand in your own power, firmly in yourself, know that you have the tools, know how to, whenever a trigger comes up, go like, oh, ho, ho. Okay. I know if I let you get out of control. I'm going straight for the Doritos. So I have my tools. You are staying over there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Please yeah. take off your shoes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and just like you set up these boundaries and just be like, I got this. Yeah, This is my house. This is my rules. And anything that comes into my sacred space, I have complete charge over. Yeah. And like getting to that point, that is like the only way through this because there is no, you know, perfect painting technique that is going to make you a master sure there is no perfect diet that is just going to heal everything it's like okay yeah there's you know tons of these little tools and little tips you can get but baby like at the end of the day it's you yeah you're
0: a whole thing you're not just a portion of that yeah
1: you better be able to hold all of this yeah and be able to move through it or else you're gonna be addicted to some kind of numb out yeah
0: yes for the rest of your life and
1: i think That pretty much sums it up. It's like, unless you learn how to stand in yourself, be your black sheep, (sighs) let your freak flag fly, know what works for you, tell everybody else the standards that they can kiss your ass. Because they're not you. Because they're not you. It's like, whose box are you trying to fit yourself in? Why don't you try fitting yourself into your own box or just say, fuck the box. I don't want a box. Yeah. You know, like, that's where the freedom is. Yes. Is when you can shed these... These identities, these identities that you've put on yourself, other people have put on you, start becoming aware of this addictive language, what these stories, freaking shed those, start rewriting, at least learn how to rewrite it, mm-hmm. you know, and learn how to stand in that and learn how to be okay with some discomfort. Yes. Like find comfort. Find comfort
0: in the discomfort. Find comfort in the discomfort. Amen. Paula freaking
1: Luya. Mm-hmm. If you're allergic to discomfort, oh my God, you're going to struggle gonna be a
0: rashy no benadryl night for you (laughs) baby
1: (laughs) that's the best mortif metaphor i think i've ever heard like if you don't learn how to stand Uh, in your discomfort you're gonna
0: (laughs) no benadryl world so i i love i love the awareness that this this riff this portal into the universe created tonight i think that this was an incredible magnifying glass on something that all of us are looking for the identification with who is that voice? Who, what, what are you saying to me every day? You know, we, we really shine some light on that today. Yeah. And I know myself. (laughs) And if I were to finish this podcast, I'd be like, how dare you highlight all my problems and not tell me how to fix it. (laughs) That's, that's what I would be thinking right now. I would. (laughs) And so in the name of, discomfort. Um, I, you know, I want to leave everybody like, this is the growth curve. Like, think about what we said, think about your stories, think about the words you're telling yourself really what vehicle are they in love or fear. And then I think our next one really should be on creation, right? On, on what we are doing to shift that for ourselves. Because again, this is an everyday battle for us. Some days we're fucking like 80%. Hell yeah. You know, high five and each other down the road. Some days we're dragging each other's dead bodies. You know, <laughs> and it's like, come on, you can make it <laughs> breathing life into each other. You know, I don't it, want to. <laughs> yep. I'm it's kicking and screaming. So, I mean, I really, for in the compassion of what we just created, the space around, I want to meet you guys back here and talk about the point of creation after this, you know, what, what the universe really intended for us to do with this life force and, and how to create that. I mean, we both are coming at that from totally different platforms, but we have a lot of the same um, goals in mind when we're, when we are fighting for ourselves. So I don't know.
1: We we use a lot of the same tools too. And that's, and I think this is the, perfect place to leave off is it's like the tools to get through this are freaking universal. They are like resistance is resistance. Disconnection from yourself is disconnection from yourself. Wanting to numb out and not actually deal with it. It's like, again, alcohol, drugs, sex, like pick your poison. It's like all of this stems down to just, you don't feel okay in yourself as you are. And it really roots down to just like insecurity. Like a really deep insecurity of like, I need to fit in. Like yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not enough. I can't be the black sheep. Yeah. Like I, I'm, that's not safe. Yes. That's not safe. It's not safe to be the black sheep. The
0: root safety.
1: Right. And it's like, you want all of this shit to change. You got to start standing in your black sheep.
0: Yeah. And wait, and we have some sweet little pearls for you guys on, on being a black sheep. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys for
1: joining us and we will see you next time. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the rise up revolution podcast. If you love this episode, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. Thank you. And we'll catch you on the next episode.